Resident frequency. Resident frequency. Yes. Resident frequency. Resident Tuning to your neighborhood. Resident. Tuning to your neighborhood. Resident frequency. Resident frequency. Sorry, what? Resident frequency. What do you want to say? Resident frequencies. Resident frequency. Tune into your neighborhood. Tune into your neighborhood. Resident frequency. Tune into your neighborhood. <laughs> Cherry Hinton Road. Cherry Hinton Road and Hills Road. Cambridge. The Mark. Cherry Hinton Road. Cherry Hinton Road. Cambridge. Cherry Hinton Road. This is a lovely, lovely area. My name's Tracy Saunders and I run Go Glass. We're at number 127 Cherry Hinton Road. So we're basically a glass manufacturing company and we serve the local area and then we send our goods all over the UK. My father started the business 39 years ago. What we do today is very different from what we were doing back then, which was sort of window glass and picture frames. Now what we do is very decorative and specialist and architectural. The main thing that's changed is obviously we used to have queues of people sort of going outside the door and what we have now is probably sort of 50 emails a day which we're all having to deal with so I, I don't think it's a great thing because obviously the communication that we get with people coming in on a daily basis sometimes is lost but there's still a very sort of big community aspect to what we do. We've had customers that have been coming in to us for the last 20 to 25 years. So it's a nice mix really. So we've grown organically and quite a lot of the work we do is via the internet. But we still have this sort of nice connection with people who've been coming in for a number of years. I was outside and the reason I came in is I saw there was this sign for teas and I was wondering what tea and glass yeah. have to do with it. Uh, my younger sister, she gave up her job and took sort of quite a big risk really in setting up her own little catering company. And so what she does is on a Sunday she sets up her own trailer outside on our forecourt and she's called Vintage Joes and she does the most beautiful cakes in a very vintage way and we have lots of local residents and people on Cherry Hinton Road who come and sit outside and have a cup of tea with her and it's really lovely it's a real community feel out there I mean we're very lucky where we are here on Cherry Hinton Road we've got neighbours that have been here forever and so there's a lot of older people around here which we've got to know over the years and this just gives them a little bit of an opportunity to all just sort of sit together and have a cup of tea it's, it's just quite a nice little thing to do so we have a lovely mix of residential with a whole mix of different ages of people who've grown up in the area and new people People who've moved in because we're just around the corner from the station but we also have a nice mix of business we've got schools here we've got churches but to me that's what builds a community and those are the important aspects I don't know whether there has been a lot of effort in trying to integrate everybody together so there still seems to be sort of very definite things for our older residents who've been here for a long time and and then as I say I don't know how much people who are moved into the, the newer flats are using local community facilities or whether they're sort of maybe going into the town centre. I, I think there's always room for any form of community activity, whether that be art or, or sort of theatre and things like that. Okay, so I'm going to sort your Lovely, thank you. Why don't you come and sit? take a seat, mate. Cambridge style, I would say, is probably what short sides and back. <laughs> I mean, that's just what everyone wants nowadays. But um, we're just trying to fit into the community because, at the end of the day, we want 
them to be happy as well. We want to just do a really good haircut because that's sort of our passion. So it's finding that middle ground as well because none of us like to do a boring haircut. Hello, my name's Dinny. I work here at Rogue Barbers on Cherry Hinton Road, just across Cine World. I just went through one of those phases where I used to get a haircut every single week. And uh, my mum said, you know what? You should become a barber. And at first I, so I sort of discarded it. And then, I, I don't know, she just put the thoughts in my head. So, you know, the, the thing that they say, like mums are always right. So yeah, that's just how it started off really. It only took about two months or so and then I started cutting hair. Simple as that. What happens most of the time is customers come in and they say, I've always just had it short around the back and sides and then short on the top as well. And they're like, well, I wanna, I wanna change up a bit. There's not really much you can do with short hair because most of the time it just wants to stay in place because it's so, so stubborn. It's all about embracing the hair that they have. Your image will get you a long way, whether it's you're going out on your first date, a job interview, whatever it is, your image will take you a long way. So hair being what's on your head, a beard being what's on your face will be the thing that stands out the most. You know, I actually like to read a lot. So in terms of when it comes to knowledge, I've got, I've got a bit of knowledge here and there. I think of it as like self-investment. So when I get like 30, 40 year olds coming to my chair telling me they're depressed and whatnot, I feel as though I can, I can give them a word of advice. I feel weird to be giving them advice, but then I realize, hang on, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with helping one another, whether you're in the barbershop or not. I mean, even if it's on the street, there's nothing wrong with positivity, right? It's all about their sort of daily life and what they do during their day dictates their result. They might be in a job that they don't like and whatnot, and they've got nothing to lose. If they don't like a job, then, then why are you doing it? You know, it's as simple as that. I always come into work, we always have fun, me and my colleagues. I never think of it as work. The role of the barbershop itself, do you know what? I think it plays a big role because we've got clients that They've got nothing to do during the day. They might have a day off and whatnot. So there's a pack of friends and they're like, you know what? Should we go down to Rogue Barbers, get a trim? They come down, they all know us. We all have a conversation, you know, we put the chairs like facing each other and clients get to speak with each other and whatnot. And we're just there, you know, having a laugh. I, I think every barber is where it's like a little community where if you want to just spend some time and chill out, the barbers is the best place to do, I think. I feel as though we're quite free. I'm not sure if I speak for all barbers in terms of, you know, we're not so into the corporate world. So when someone in the corporate world sees us as sort of a free person doing what we love to do, I don't feel it's wrong to ask someone like Obama for advice. I'm Derek and I'm the owner of Customing Tattooing, Cherry Hinton Road, Cambridge. We've been at this shop 10 years now. Yeah, it's going well, busy. I've always liked tattoos and Probably, I, I think I just thought in the beginning that if I worked at a tattoo shop, I'd get tattoos for free. I think it is getting a bit bit more evolved, if you want to call it that, uh, you know. People get bigger pieces and they're not scared to show them off, you know. Ten years ago, it was, you have a little piece, you got to hide it somewhere, you know. Now it's more about the statement. It's way more acceptable now. It's almost kind of frowned upon if you don't have a tattoo, <laughs> you know what I mean. We have everyone in here, right? Everyone from street sweepers to politicians to lawyers, doctors, plumbers, dentists. I wouldn't be able to put a class or a type of person that gets tattooed now. It's, why do people do the things they do? <laughs> Who knows? 
wanting to express themselves somehow. Memories, that kind of stuff. I mean, I do a lot of portraits and stuff for people who have family members or whatever that have passed away, you know, so. I think more of it is just about expression and stuff. I mean, in old days it was like, what does your tattoo mean? I mean, it, nowadays there's no meaning, you know, you just have a nice piece of art on you, you know, it's like hanging a painting on your wall. No different, really. I mean, even my first one, I had my first one when I was 15. Well, I'm not supposed to, but I did in South Africa. And I passed out a few times and I vowed I'd never have another one and I found myself back in that shop about three weeks later getting another one. Maybe it's the endorphins that your body release or something. I, I, I don't know. It's just it is. It's very addictive. Eh? When you're getting it done, it's not so nice, but it doesn't last long. You know, when the tattoo's finished, it's not ongoing pain. The pain is finished then as well, you know. So, yeah, I mean, tattooing is my life for sure, but uh, I, I do have other little furniture business still. I make furniture, still custom-made furniture. I did that since I left school, eh? I like working with my hands, so academics is not for me. Eh? Yeah, yeah, I can't sit still for a minute unless I'm doing something. Yeah, you only got one life, so live it. Uh. That's basically it. Uh. Ah. And do you live in this area? Yeah, just down the road, yeah. Okay. Cherry Anson's cool, I like Cambridge. Uh, it's, it, it's not a massive city like London, but it's not a small, sleepy one-horse town either, you know. The university towns are pretty cool. Always new people, you know, coming, going. So it's, it's better than like having a place in a stagnant town where you have that X amount of people that live there and that's it, you know, like you can only do X amount of tattoos on X amount of people, you know what I mean? So at least, yeah, we have like changing people all the time, you know, the new students and everything. People like what you're doing, they will stick with you for sure. Oh, yeah, we psychologists, uh, big time. Yeah, you sit here and you listen to everything, you can hear the problems. You find people open up to you quite a bit. I mean, if you're sitting here for eight hours and nothing else to do, eventually you're going to start opening up somehow. I've had people in tears and, you know, just got to sort of take it on the chin, eh? you know what I mean? And just sort of say what you can, eh? try and be positive or whatever, you know. Yeah, just listen. <laughs> just listen and tell stories. Eh? Sometimes it's cool for people just to let go of a whole lot of rubbish, eh? you know? yeah, get rid of it. There's a school just down the road, a primary school, and we quite often have the, uh, the mothers from various classes coming in. You always know when there's a school disco on there because uh, all the mothers are in here having a drink before going to collect their children. A lot of people that live down in this area have lived here for a very long time. They grew up here, they, they went to the local school, to the, to the primary school nearby. Even if they then moved out, they've quite often ended up migrating back to this area. You know, dis districts in Cambridge are quite important. You know, either you're a Romsey person or you're a Chesterton person, or you know, maybe you might be over the bridge in Petersfield or you're Cherry Hinton Road. But you know, it's it's all these different locations. It's very much you don't tend to move out from the from where you started off. So lots of people here have been here for a very long time. My name's Alice Archer. We're currently sitting in the front of the Cherry Hinton Road Cambridge Wine Merchants, which also it's a shop and it also acts as a bar. Cambridge Wine Merchants is a local company, small independent wine merchant, was set up in 93. So this particular building has been a wine shop for coming up to a century. There's actually a charming woman who lives next door who will chart the history and say which different guises it's been in, be it Victoria Wine or Wine Rack. And then, yeah, we took it over about six years ago as a small independent wine shop and also when we took over we started it as a bar as well. 
we're not just about wine. We've got 120 different gins, a lot of which we can serve as gin and tonics. Uh, we've got a wide range of beers and also a vast number of whiskies. So I give quite a few of the tastings. So lots of people might have heard me talking about various different types of wine. Uh, sparkling wine is one of my areas of expertise. But I've just got back from Bordeaux tasting some new wines for our shelves. I am just an employee, but I uh, yeah happen to do quite a lot. It's not a bad job being paid to taste wine. Well, around here we've got a really super location being local and, and Cherryington Road very much is. It's, it's a place that enjoys a local atmosphere and I think that's one of the things we really worked on trying to invest in as soon as possible making sure that we engage the locals nearby so it's people who live just down the road and they walk down and they don't want to go to the local pub and have a pint of a generic lager they want to come and have something different. We've got a monthly gin club which has got quite a nice following. We started a food collaboration with Steak and Honor, who are a local burger business, and uh, they've actually just opened a restaurant now as well. And so when they very first set up, I think we were one of the first places they parked outside, and we do that every single Thursday. And so lots of people are keen to come and eat their burgers and drink our wine or our gin. And so it's a nice little Cambridge collaboration, that one. Cherry Hinton Road, the LA of, <laughs> of East Anglia. So we have a red. We have this, this, the Pinot Noir, this is a French one. Yeah, I quite fancy them. This is quite, this is light. Yeah, let's let's try that, let's try that. I like the sound of that. Is this, this local one? for you? Yeah, it's local, but it's the first time we've been for lunch. It's a very nice place. Yeah. We moved to Cambridge in 1983. Sorry, these two are not, neither one is light. Then which case that This one. Cambridge has become, thank you, our home. Our home, yeah. Uh, as well. And so now, I've lived in Cambridge longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. So Cambridge is it. Anita taught at um, Cambridge Regional College for many years, and I've taught a bit at Anglia Ruskin University. But we're um, not academic. But, you know. And it's not so much there's a divide, it's just that if you're either a member of the academic community of the university or you're not. And if you, if you are, then obviously... We've got friends, uh, and, but, but we're not part of it. But, for example, in the Cambridge Philharmonic uh, Orchestra that I play in, you know, 60%, 70% are, are either uh, Cambridge academics or ex-university ex students. So it's, it's ever present. It's just what it is, you know, funny little Cambridge with a university plonked on a market town and now it's a I think tech. I think there is a divide with young people in town in, yeah. on a Friday or yeah, Saturday I night. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. My niece is currently a student of King's, you know, and she has her own hermetically sealed world that they do their stuff. There is a and, and kids of her age, she's, what is she, 20, 21, and Cambridge kids of her age will never meet her because she lives in her little And they have their pod, student bars. And they live in their pod. Cambridge Leisure isn't too bad. I mean, the junction's great. It always has been great. But all these flats are buy-to-let. Rustat Road is having a big development, and they're all buy-to-let. And it's just not a community-spirited area anymore. I think the, the leisure centre is terrific. It's okay for what it is. Because I remember quite clearly when the old cattle market was the bleakest, scariest place you could imagine in the old It wasn't days. great for and kids you, to go to the and, junction. And when the junction first opened and kids went there, they had to walk through a 
desolate, deserted area, and that's no fun if you're a parent. I mean, we, we lived in Rustat Road, which is literally you know, three and a half seconds away, and we would drive to pick up our children because it was a really creepy area. It's not a creepy area anymore. I think, it, I think it's fun. It's got a decent cinema complex. It's got some restaurants. The junction has become a, a, a lovely uh, small entertainment center, I think. So I would approve of that entirely and say what a massive improvement that's been to the area. But I think the, this massive construction of flats, half of which are bought by absentee landlords, especially from abroad as investment and stuff like that, that, that has a poisonous effect on local community and I find that very sad. Here's the deal, because I used to live in Rostock Road and now I live in a block of flats. The difference is, is as clear as anything. On the street, in summer, especially when the weather's not too bad, you have conversations in the street all the time. You pass people, people wave, they say hello. You have a community, like there's always been a community. Put people in flats, especially behind a gate, and they hardly ever talk to each other at all. I mean, I understand absolutely why you need to build flats and build higher and higher, and but there's a reason why the street and, and the, the village street and the town street were such normal ways of living because they are neighborly and and charming oh by the way neighbors can hate each other and have feuds and stuff like that i'm not saying everything's sweetness and light there's a whole different dynamic i think it's the type of flats that's more important than the fact that they're flats for example well that they're all absentee landlords yeah yeah that, that yeah, yeah i agree with that yeah. We're in the Vasmore Club on Cherryington Road. I've just come in from my afternoon drink after work. My name is Tony Malik and I live in Catherine Street in Cambridge. I come in here most afternoons and I have my couple of pints. I sell fruit and veg to most of the community in Cambridge. We supply all the private schools, the um, Cambridge University the local shops and the restaurants and hospital and the care homes. So it's a family owned business, well it's a good business. Cambridge is progressing at a speed of light, you know. You've got so many people coming from different countries here and they're buying up all these apartments and all that as, as a investment or to stay if they're staying here for a year. It's cheaper for them to buy something and by the time they've gone, that's gone up in price for a year and they could sell. The, the rent wouldn't be as much, it would be more, you know, so that's what people tend to do. Where I grew up on Mill Road, Romsey Town, everyone knows everyone, even though it's a vast area, so we all grew up together. You know, every change is good for business, you know, it keeps you aware. And when you're supplying more or less two-thirds of the community in Cambridge with the fruit and veg that we do, it's a lot of mouths to feed. Cambridge is a very, very cosmopolitan and very rich town, embraced by the university. And we live in like a bubble here. It sounds very sad, but for the rest of the country, outside the city of London, it's difficult to maintain a living, you know, if you can afford to live in Cambridge, you can live anywhere in England. It's as simple as that. And because of the bubble we live in, we don't feel recession as it hits the rest of the country because we're protected by the university. Also, we have the world famous Addenbrooke's Hospital here. It's one of the biggest hospitals in the world. But there's more than 10,000 people in there in a day. You know, so like I said, Cambridge is a very fast, fast 
rich city and I'm lucky to be a resident of it. Very lucky indeed. You wins all the time. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I'm from Fodger. I arrived in 1957 in Bedford. My father and loads of loads from south of Italy worked in Bedford and Peterborough working in bricks. I worked for a company called Seven Star Grill. They had a restaurant in Bedford, Northampton, and the Market Square in Cambridge. And I moved in Cambridge in 1970. And we bought the company from the boss June on the 11th. It's 45 years. I'm retired. La Margarita, La Mimosa, and Don Pasquale was one company, but we separated. My older brother Prospero and his son and my son, we have Don Pasquale, 12A, private club, Plough Coton, and Benedetto. How long have you two known each other? Oh, long. <laughs> okay. 45 years. Long time. Probably a long, long time. We do it three times a week. We've been doing that for 10 years. Yeah. I'm getting confused here. <laughs> doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Go on, break. We used to go to the we, cherry cons. The, the cherry cons. I, I went there. I worked for my father. And his first port of call on the way home was the cherry cons. And then... When I started work, I was only 15 and a half, so I, I was not really allowed in there. But that all changed, and it's, it's not like it used to be at all. That's the plot here. Yeah. I should be 70 next February. Well, my father came here, it was during the war. He was going to be a rear gunner. They came from London. They evacuated out because he got a house full of children, women. He went to Marshalls and uh, said, "Can you find me something to do?" He said, "I'm going to me boring." And he was an upholsterer by trade. Anyway, he got there, and because he was very skillful, and when his papers come through for him to be a rear gunner, because not many rear gunners lasted the war, um, they said, "Sorry, you're more important here," which saved his life. And then after the war, they stayed here. And then he started a second-hand furniture shop on Hills Road. I do upholstery, French polishing, and I bought and sold second-hand furniture and that. But nowadays, youngsters don't want second-hand furniture. My son started working when he was 13. They have to work. Because I did it for them. They've got to... My father taught me to work, and I taught them to work. I mean, I was brought up, you know, to work and all the rest of it. My wife, I mean, she, when we got a bed and breakfast in Shepherd, now we used to have a big one in Little Shelford, and she works hard, you know. Both my sons, you know, he used to work, and I think it's how you bring children up that is the main, the biggest thing anyway. Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the governor. That's Paddy. 
Well, this club has been here since 1936. It started off as a liberal club and uh, that fell over and the members took it over so it became a private members club and uh, that went to the wall and I bought it in 1981 so I've been here 36 years. I came to Cambridge in 1951 from Ireland of course. First of all we lived at Quay just out the road five miles. Uh, mother, father and uh, ten, ten children. But I went to school here in Cambridge, Catholic school. We lived on Mill Road and uh, I went working on the public works and uh, I took a pub from Tolly's and uh, then I moved to Mill Road to the Jubilee and then I bought this and, and I'm here since. Very dull life, but hard working. <laughs> no, not really. I haven't been a bad moment, but there you go. I got married in 66. We met at a dance. <laughs> that time it was lots of dances, even though he didn't dance. <laughs> it was good fun and plenty of humour. So we just got together and got married in 1966. Uh, yeah, um, three years later I took the pub 69, you know, the first pub. Yeah, I got married and uh, I've got... What, Four boys, one girl. Five children and 14 grandchildren. I am uh, Nelly Manalee, yeah, but I'm known as Helen. Everyone calls me Nelly. I come from Mayo, County Mayo, on the west coast of Ireland, and so does my wife, yeah. There was uh, 11 siblings, and we worked hard on the farm, but left home at 16. That was the tradition, that if you were Irish, you married an Irish girl. I had a little job back there in the hotel for a while, and then I had two aunts in uh, Northampton, and I came to them and started working in domestic and hotels. And I worked at Edinburgh's Hospital. I worked at the Automobile Association, and then we went into the pub business then in 69. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't changed much at all, really, you know. The only thing is, when I bought this... Uh, it didn't have any pool or darts or skittles or it didn't have any entertainment as such. It was more like an old people's club, you know. They didn't want to move on, you know. And uh, that's why it died, you know, because they didn't bring any youngsters in, you know. So we have pool, we have darts, we have skittles. Every night of the week, you know, we have something, you know. And on Wednesday, I give it to the youngsters to learn how to play instruments. We have a, a violin teacher, we have um, a fiddle teacher, we have banjo, guitar, a honer, bower on, tin whistle, flute, 
you mentioned it, it can be learnt. In. And um, helium pipes? The older ones teach the younger ones, and they teach them how to dance because the parents or their grandparents want them to do what you The second generation Irish still supports us. They come here, yes, whenever there's any dues or funerals or, or St. Patrick's Day or anything like that. And I'm the only Irish outlet sort of thing, you know. When I first took the first one, there was one, there was about half a dozen of us, but they've all passed on, you know. Well, it was a big challenge to start with because we probably went in deeper than we thought, but we never looked back and I'm 71 now and I uh, still love it, I still love it. There's a generation now coming up that is more for drinking in the house, you know. We was never used to that culture, you know. We always went out to have a drink and meet our friends and this and this seems to be a, a different thing now, you know. Yeah, well, I think it'll die with us, you know, I really think it will. It's just hard work, just hard work. It's a seven day commitment, you know, seven nights, seven days, so youngsters today don't want that, you know. They want time for themselves, they call it, you know. Haven't I got time now? <laughs> this was my livelihood, still is, and uh, some people like to be in Florida or something or Spain. That don't bother me. I've been in all the places. Most probably you come in ten years' time, there'll be a block of flats here, like them up the road. Be gone, <laughs> and I'll be gone. <laughs> Well, resident frequency, yes. Tune into your neighborhood's resident frequencies.